The following program is underwritten in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms, celebrating 20 years organic and farmer-owned since 1988. Meet your local farmers at organicvalley.coop. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Asked why, Sessad responded. Because there is something even more important to farm workers than the benefits unionization brings. Because there is something more important to the farm workers' union than winning better wages and working conditions. That is protecting farm workers and consumers from systematic poisoning through the reckless use of agricultural toxins. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. We stand at the threshold of a historic opportunity in the human experiment to reimagine how to live on Earth and with each other in a way that honors the web of life. It's a revolution from the heart of nature and the human heart. As the basic life support systems of planet Earth plunge into dangerous decline, in this series, Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we celebrate social and scientific innovators with breakthrough solutions guided by how nature does it. The Bioneers, combining social innovation, leading-edge science, and indigenous and traditional knowledge, creating a future environment of hope. Ever feel as if you're being sold a bill of goods? Who exactly sold us on the wild idea that a healthy environment stands in opposition to a healthy economy? What if some strange cult of self-declared economists tried to convince you of the following ideas? Destroying the basic life support systems nature provides us for free on which human life depends is good for business, and disemploying billions of people as part of the package is the necessary price of economic well-being and growth. Why in the world would you take them seriously? How can a ravaged environment and destitute human beings be the prescription for a healthy economy? In fact, the ways to reconcile basic human needs with a healthy environment are driving powerful new alliances. They hold the promise for a better world and a better economy. That's the conviction of three remarkable community leaders, economist Manuel Pastor and organizers Maria Elena Durazo and the Reverend Alexia Salatierra. Join us for the next half hour as we explore green-collar jobs laboring into the next economy. I'm Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Let me read some words about pesticides and the environment from a speech delivered more than two and a half decades ago. The problem is this mammoth agribusiness system. The problem is the huge farms. The problem is the pressure on the land from developers. The problem is not allowing the land to lay fallow and rest. The problem is the abandonment of cultural practices that stood the test of centuries crop rotation, diversification of crops. The problem is monoculture, growing acres and acres of the same crops, disrupting the natural order of things, letting insects feast on acres and acres of a harem of delight, 
and using pesticides that kill off their natural predators. The man who said these words was not an environmental leader. He was one of the great labor leaders and one of the great Americans of the 20th century. He inspired me to get involved in the labor movement. But yes, he was also a great environmentalist. His name was Cesar Chavez. Maria Elena Durazo has personally embodied the motto of her mentor, Cesar Chavez, Si se puede, yes we can. As one of ten children of Mexican immigrant field workers, Durazo earned a law degree in 1985 and later served as the executive secretary treasurer of the Los Angeles County Federation of Labor, AFL-CIO. She's the first woman to hold such a position in one of the largest labor federations in the United States. In 2004, as the executive vice president of the newly formed Unite Here, the Hotel and Restaurant Workers Union International, she led nearly half a million active union members and more than 400,000 retired members throughout North America. Durazo is a pathfinder in the union movement. She's pollinating the lessons of history with a fertile vision of the future. She's fostered constructive alliances to strengthen labor justice, environmental health, and immigrant rights together because, she says, they're all symptoms of a deeper underlying problem, one that goes back to the visionary legacy of Cesar Chavez. Maria Elena Durazo spoke at a recent Bioneers conference. Today, there is great excitement about ecological produce and farming. There is conventional wisdom amongst many consumers that because they purchase more pricey fruits and vegetables at co-ops or at high-end stores labeled organic, that the workers are also treated better. Brothers and sisters, this is not usually the case. There are growers who choose to farm organically and who may embrace ecological farming because they want to appeal to a profitable market niche, and they recognize the benefits of marketing pesticide-free products, but they treat their workers just as poorly as growers at ranches that employ pesticides. Economic justice, safe working conditions, food safety, and immigrant rights. The struggle continues. But it draws on a rich history, epitomized by the famously successful grape boycott under the banner of the United Farm Workers. Labor rights merged with environmental rights. Many people don't realize that the first time DDT was banned in the United States was not by the EPA in 1972, but in a United Farm Workers contract with a grape grower in 1967. Cesar Chavez, Cesar Chavez's last and longest public fast of 36 days in 1988 was to protest the pesticide poisoning of farm workers and their children. While he was alive, Cesar was harshly criticized by the powerful agricultural lobby and those Republican governors then for focusing his union's efforts and sacrificing his health over the perils of pesticides. Asked why, Cesar responded, because there is something even more important to farm workers than the benefits unionization brings, because there is something more important to the farm workers' union 
than winning better wages and working conditions. That is protecting farm workers and consumers from systematic poisoning through the reckless use of agricultural toxics. There is nothing we care about more than the lives and the safety of our families. There is nothing we share more deeply in common with the consumers of North America than the safety of the food all of us rely on. Cesar Chavez taught me and so many others about building alliances between trade unionists, immigrants, and environmentalists long before such things became widely understood or accepted. Carrying the torch of Cesar Chavez, Durazo and her late husband Miguel Contreras have shown the benefits of inclusive organizing. Thanks to Contreras's leadership of the Los Angeles labor movement in the late 1990s, the support of faith-based alliances gave a crucial edge to striking supermarket workers and longshore workers, and labor unions began championing immigrant workers' rights. The whole became greater than the sum of the parts. It served everybody from janitors and hotel workers to low-income community members fighting a Walmart. Durazo says similar alliances are now providing often decisive clout for green jobs, the cornerstone of the emerging sustainable economy. A diverse collection of unions have joined the Apollo Alliance, an exciting project working at the intersection of environmentalism and economic development. Nationally, the Apollo Alliance unites nearly 16 million union members and 11 million environmental organization members to promote job creation in environmental technology. In Southern California, union members as diverse as municipal workers, engineers, and laborers have come together to lay the foundation for an equitable and sustainable economy. One of our unions, Local 18 of the Electrical Workers, has pushed the city of Los Angeles towards a greener future. On another front, on another front, a new coalition of LA area environmental labor, faith-based community, and public health organizations are working to promote sustainable trade and protect working families through the Coalition for Clean and Safe Ports. The current trucking system at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach is broken. Port trucking grossly pollutes the environment. It is chaotic, fragmented, and dominated by hundreds of tiny, undercapitalized motor carriers and brokers who undercut market standards. Drivers are overwhelmingly misclassified as independent contractors rather than employees. That allows trucking firms to disclaim responsibility for driver conditions and abuse. Ninety percent of the truckers are immigrants. They make below $9 an hour, laboring more than 11 hours a day with little safety precautions and too many accidents. 95% have no retirement benefits, and only 10% have health care coverage. They have no right to form a union. Maria Elena Durazo, working to secure clean, safe jobs at the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles. It's the kind of problem that's often solved at the expense of the environment. But pioneers like Durazo see that's no solution. It's a design issue, they say. Instead of treating the symptom, 
eliminate the source of the problem. It's easier said than done, and the Port of Los Angeles delivers a supreme challenge. The ports are where really everything comes together in Los Angeles in a dramatic way. That's Manuel Pastor, professor of geography and American studies and ethnicity at the University of Southern California. He's been working at the nexus of three problems at the ports, which he says are emblematic of a globalized world. International trade, which is very important to all of us and to the international economy, and been responsible in large part for the deindustrialization of South Los Angeles and the loss of main good jobs there. Environmental degradation, the asthma rates and the cancer rates in these neighborhoods along the corridor are frightfully high, and also tremendous income inequality. And the independent contractor model means that individuals have to buy the trucks, they have to take the risks of owning the trucks, Actually, they buy the trucks from the companies, so it's a little bit like sharecropping. And so truckers that were once high paid are now estimated to be now making somewhere between 11 and $12 an hour after expenses. And they have no health insurance. So what we've got here is a thing where everything has come together in absolutely the wrong way. All the devastating impacts of international trade, all the devastating impacts of environment, including environmental injustice, and this tremendous degree of inequality. Just the challenge for Manuel Pastor. Pastor, the son of a janitor and a clerk, has devoted his life to the empowerment of low-income communities. Now director of USC's Program for Environmental and Regional Equity Center for Sustainable Cities, he's written several books on regional inclusion, environmental justice, and social equity. Pastor's respected academic standing strengthens an already impressive coalition now working for port reform. But the challenge is daunting. How do you solve the problems, say fair jobs for truckers or air pollution, without creating or exacerbating others? As it often turns out, raising the right question changes the game. More when we return. This is Green Collar Jobs, laboring into the next economy. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. The ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach handle fully 40% of imported goods to the United States. This volume of cheap imports has contributed to the loss of manufacturing jobs in places like Los Angeles. But it has also made the port area a poster child of globalization's environmental wreckage. More than 16,000 diesel-powered trucks a day course through nearby neighborhoods with dire consequences for the medical bottom line. One estimate says the activity in the Los Angeles and Long Beach ports alone costs the state nearly $20 million annually in health-related costs. Much of it relates to asthma, respiratory infections, and cancer resulting from toxic emissions and particulate matter. And that's a standard-issue problem for many of the port's high-liability drivers and residents of the most distressed nearby neighborhoods. 
From San Pedro to Wilmington, people are getting sick, and most have no medical insurance. Not that money can compensate for a disability, a lost life, or your neighborhood being doomed to be a sacrifice zone. What to do? Again, Manuel Pastor. Now, there is a solution to this. The Coalition for Safe and Clean Ports has come together, and it's a group that includes the labor movement very strongly. It includes the environmental justice communities. It includes the mainstream environmental community. And they are working with the ports to propose a solution. And the solution is something called the Clean Air Action Plan. And what the Clean Air Action Plan does is require that the trucks be cleaned up and retrofitted to reduce the diesel emissions in the ports. So it's a very interesting plan to try to retrofit the trucks, protect the environment, raise workers' wages, and actually get the ports functioning and get trade going through. And it's really being organized by a series of interesting community groups. The plan has evidently found its mark. In April 2007, the Los Angeles and Long Beach Harbor Commissions announced a dramatic program. They plan to reduce port emissions by at least 45% over the next five years, requiring trucks to cut pollution by 80%. While the plan could present some problems for workers, it also promises a strong upside for labor. Because trucking firms would operate by concession, they'd be accountable to the port's goals. They would likely have to use fully protected employees, not the more vulnerable independent contractors. As employees, workers have less liability, potentially higher take-home pay, greater chance at health insurance, and eligibility for unionization. Other worker protections are also in play. In the end, the stable jobs and increased health and efficiency at the port could strengthen the regional economy. It will do so by improving both human and environmental health. Again, Manuel Pastor. One of the things that's making the Clean and Safe Ports campaign work is working with labor, which in fact has a lot of power. Labor hasn't always been the best friend of communities of color. Labor has not always been the best friend of the environmental movement. But they've got the power to really drive this forward. What does that mean in terms of our needs? First, we need to reframe the story. I mean this in two ways. One is to reframe the, the ways in which we come together and environment and equity and growth come together. And we also need to reframe away from the doom and gloom where, like, no one wants to come to your party because all you're saying is, you know, the planet is headed to hell in a basket and people are exploited and international trade really is the future of the economy. If we really want to make international trade work, it's got to be environmentally efficient. And if it's got to be environmentally efficient, we can't degrade the communities right there. And we've got to provide good jobs for people to do it. What will these jobs look like? Well, they are jobs in trucking with clean trucks, and they're going to require a particular kind of way that we educate truckers. They're going to be very useful for immigrant communities because the truck drivers now are 75% Latino immigrants who are doing the truck driving in the ports. And we can do this by having a hard-headed analysis of what kind of training we need to deliver, what kind of jobs we're going to create. And they're not the most romantic green jobs. They're truck drivers, right? And what I want to suggest to you is that having a hard-headed analysis, putting together the community organizing our, our colleagues here are doing, and having a reframing story which is relentlessly positive about why we're just right, is exactly the way to go. Woo! Putting together the community and organizing colleagues, even ones you've never imagined working with. The Clean Ports Campaign provides a recipe for sustainable economic success in Southern California. And it's not the only one. 
I want to tell you a story about Walmart. I want to tell you the story of the successful campaign to keep Walmart from building a super center in the primarily low-income, primarily minority community of Inglewood, which is part of greater Los Angeles. Reverend Alexia Salvatierra is an ordained pastor in the Evangelical Church in America. She's executive director of CLU, Clergy and Laity United for Economic Justice, which supports the living wage, health insurance, fair working conditions, and political empowerment for low-wage workers in Los Angeles County. In 2004, with CLU's help, a local campaign confronted Walmart's attempt to fast-track a supercenter in the mostly African-American community. Most anti-Walmart battles turn on traditional environmental issues, conserve open space, stop gas-guzzling sprawl, and also save local businesses and jobs. But few such campaigns have found allies in low-income inner-city neighborhoods or in their religious leadership. That missed opportunity might have persisted were it not for the heads-up work of organizers like Alexia Salvatierra. In 2003, when Walmart wanted to build a supercenter in Inglewood, we polled. Over 90% of the residents of Inglewood wanted a Walmart. They wanted low prices, and they didn't know what the high cost of low prices was going to be to them. They didn't know that for every two jobs that Walmart brings that you would lose three. They didn't know that they were going to have their small businesses destroyed. They didn't know that they would lose the only living wage jobs in the inner city, which were in supermarkets. They didn't know about Walmart's history of environmental violations. And so the Los Angeles Alliance for a New Economy began to organize and began to educate. But Walmart fought back, and they fought back hard. And they fought back not only with misinformation, but with money. That they donated for youth projects and for community projects. And many residents of Inglewood were deeply confused. And we organized about 40 mostly African-American congregations from storefronts to mega churches and mosques and Catholic churches. And we were going to be voting on a ballot initiative that would have given Walmart the right to circumvent all city processes to do whatever they wanted. On the Friday before the Tuesday vote, we were still losing. 45% to 55%. Over the weekend, 20,000 people heard sermons about Walmart. Sermons asking them not only to vote against the ordinance, but also to precinct walk and phone bank. And on Tuesday, we won 63% to 37%, the first fight in the nation against Walmart in a low-income minority community to win. (laughs) What happened in those sermons? People heard the truth about Walmart from someone they trusted, from someone who didn't represent any particular political party or any particular societal group, someone who spoke about eternal values and spoke using ancient words of power and symbols that touch people's heart, somebody that reminded people of what they believe in most deeply and who they love who reminded them of what kind of community they wanted for their children, and who called them to realize the ancient truth that everybody's children are our children, and who also gave them hope 
who told them that they were not alone, that they were part of a circle that goes around the world and throughout the ages, and that the God of justice was with them, and that they had more power than they could imagine, more power than Walmart. That's the gift that the religious community brings. That gift is particularly important in conservative communities where there are very few local, indigenous, rooted, progressive voices, where the only voices that could speak up for justice are religious voices. Yet again, natural allies are finding each other and joining together in powerful new strategic alliances. Just as labor can help reduce pesticides and pollution, so can clergy help counter big-box sprawl. These remarkable environmental successes are growing out of alliances to meet basic human needs, jobs, security, health, and dignity. We can meet these needs for the long term only by also meeting the needs of the planet's life support systems. That's the foundation of a sustainable economy. It's not jobs or the environment. It's jobs and the environment. Green jobs are emerging as one of the lighthouses of the next economy. I want to leave you with a word of power, a word that is shared by all religious traditions. And when you might feel just a little bit weary and just a little bit hopeless in the face of how enormous the opposition is, I want you to remember that you are not alone and that the power that is with you and within you and among you is greater than anything that can stand against you. Si se puede, it can be done. Can you say that? Si se puede, si se puede, si se puede, si se puede. Amen. <laughs> Once upon a time, not very long ago, the ideas of unionized farm workers and a ban on DDT seemed implausible too. Si se puede. Green collar jobs laboring into the next economy. Free downloads of this program are available on the radio pages at Bioneers.org. Resources related to this show and the entire Bioneers radio series can also be found at Bioneers.org or by calling 877-246-6337. That's 1-877-BIONEER. Visit Bioneers.org to become a member, make a donation, learn about the annual Bioneers conference, or join our thriving online community. Choose from articles, blogs, event calendars, books, podcasts, CDs, and DVDs at Bioneers.org or by calling 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Osabel. Written by Kenny Osabel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Production assistants, Marita Prandoni. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Original recordings provided by Reference Media Group. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Rykodisc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at SoundsTrue.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. 
The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in improving the environment by changing the world. This is program number 0808. This program is underwritten in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms, celebrating 20 years, organic and farmer-owned since 1988. Meet your local farmers at organicvalley.coop.